Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 235. You asked, I'm answering, and on this episode, I'm going to tackle one of the biggest questions I often get asked. How do you even get started creating an online course? Could I make one? Now, I'm assuming if you're tuning in that you might be curious about the how, or you're already thinking about doing this in your business, or maybe this show has made you aware of how big of an impact courses can make on your business. But just in case, today we are going to cover why you can become an educator, how to create your first online course, how to choose a topic, the right topic, one that's going to sell, and all the nitty-gritty details in between. Now, hey, if you're listening to this show, I want to make sure two things. Number one, subscribe to it. Are you already subscribed? Because if you're not, you're totally missing out. I want to make sure that every single time a new episode drops, you are the first to hear about it. You need to be my insider. So if you aren't subscribed to the show, take a second and do that. And number two, I want for you to share that you're tuning in today. I love connecting with you, my listeners. Take a screenshot, post it up on your Instagram stories. Talk about why you love the show. I check my DMs and I love hearing from you guys because it means so much to me and it helps me put a face to those numbers. So if you want to do those two things, that'd be pretty awesome. And I promise I won't delay this amazing content any longer. Let's talk about creating a course. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Gold Digger is proud to be sponsored by the March of Dimes. Learn more at marchofdimes.com slash golddigger. I'm going to kick this show off with my favorite thing, numbers. (laughs) 
Now, I have taught over 14,000 paid students through my courses. I currently have four courses, the Pinterest Lab, the Instagram Lab, the Photo Lab, and the List to Launch Lab. Basically, I teach people how to use Pinterest to drive traffic to their website. I also teach people how to use Instagram and convert followers into paying clients. I teach photographers how to market their business and work smarter and not harder. And I help entrepreneurs grow an email list that they can launch to. Now, last year, my courses brought in over $2.5 million. That's right, $2.5 million. And I created my first ever course in March of 2015. We generally do one launch per quarter of my programs, and then we have three of them automated or evergreen that are always running so people can join. In terms of sales, I do between $5,000 to $10,000 a day in automated course sales, and I have less than a 1% refund rate with my programs. Did that get your attention? Are you interested in learning more about online education? Maybe you're thinking, oh my word, I cannot believe she just said all that. But hey, I want to paint a picture of how online courses absolutely transform my business and have transformed the lives of my students. Let's begin at the very beginning and start with the why. Why is it super smart to create online courses? Now, before I dive into the why, I know what you're thinking. I know you're sitting here listening and you're thinking, well, good for her, but I am not an expert at anything. I don't even know what I could teach. Heck, I'm an imposter and the fact that I'm even thinking about charging someone to teach them something is such a joke. Did I just call out your inner mean girl? You bet I did. (laughs) I thought all of those things and guess what? To some degree, I still do. Like seriously, I do. Like who am I to teach these things to the masses? But if I listened to that little voice, things like this podcast probably wouldn't exist. And it could be a sad, sad world without it, right? So here are five reasons I started to sell online courses in my own business and the results that I've seen over three years and four courses later. Number one, you likely already have the information it takes to create an online course. Here's the thing. You already have the knowledge, you have the know-how or the expertise in your area or niche. What you take for granted as easy or things that come naturally, guess what? It's not true for everyone else. So before you start thinking that you have absolutely nothing that you can teach on, I'm going to challenge you to really dig deeper into that mindset. I've seen online courses on things as simple as making your kids lunches or how to scuba dive or different meditation practices. There are limitless ideas that would make a successful online course ranging from super simple to more in-depth things. Number two, creating an online course is going to help set you up as an expert in your industry. By teaching about your topic in the form of an online course, it shows your audience that you know what you're talking about. You're good at what you do. You are an expert in this industry. This can create other opportunities like partnering with other businesses you admire or speaking opportunities if that's your thing or even influencer or affiliate marketing opportunities. I know you don't feel like an expert. I get that. 
But chances are you're really good at something and you are the go-to person that people want to learn from. And so creating a course can help set you up as an expert. Number three, it can be that passive income source that you have been searching for that will help you to scale your business and make it more profitable. If you set up your course and you launch the strategy correctly, you might be able to consistently drive fresh leads to your course and automate that entire process. What would it feel like for you if you went to bed and you woke up to emails that said you got paid? That's real. For ideas on how to create hype around a launch, check out episode number 193. Trust me, there's nothing better than making money while you sleep or while you're on vacation or while you're taking a maternity leave. Guess what? I've done all these things and I know and there's nothing more freeing than that. Number four, if you're worried you don't have time to create an online course, online courses can actually free up your time. Are you a consultant or freelancer or do other businesses contract you for your services? Let me guess, you are in the dollars for hours camp and looking for a way to dig yourself out of that. Putting all your information in one spot and really being thoughtful in how you set it up and share it could save you time. Sure, it takes time on the front end, but with an online course or program, you can set it up once and make money for months or even years to come. This could be your answer and a way to free up your time personally so that you are working smarter, not harder, and it'll allow you to do other big projects that could create a bigger impact, but maybe you just haven't had the time to do them because you've been stuck on the hamster wheel. Does this sound familiar to any of you? And lastly, number five, you will be able to impact more people. This to me is most important. Teaching in a group setting like an online course allows you to work with so many people, more people than you could ever do if you only offered one-on-one or group coaching. What's also really cool is, is that you're able to reach people at a lower price point and are therefore able to work with people that could have never afforded your one-on-one prices. For example, my marketing course for photographers called the Photo Lab aims to come alongside brand new photographers or those who are thinking of starting a business or those who are in the industry but struggling to make a profitable income. In all of these cases, often the photographer would not have the funds to pay for individual coaching because starting a photography business can be really expensive. But with a payment plan, they can justify the cost of the course that is going to pay for itself when the strategies are implemented. Before I wrote out this course, I would coach photographers one-on-one and I would charge three to five times what my online course costs for the exact same material. And I would only be able to fit in a few of these each year because my schedule was so jam-packed. But now I've been able to impact and teach over 2,000 photographers in the last couple years. So when you think about it, it's pretty amazing because you can actually impact more people when you sit down and create a curriculum and a course. And we'll talk all about that in just a little bit. So now that you know that creating an online course can be one of the best ways to get that knowledge out of your brain and into the marketplace to make a bigger impact, to drive profits and free up your time, let's talk about how you actually go about doing this. The absolute first thing you need to do before we even get into specifics of course creation is I have to jump on my soapbox for one minute. 
The number one thing you have to do before you even start creating content for a course is you have to grow an audience, an audience that is eager and excited. Now, I think the best way to do this is to build an email list for people who are going to be interested in your topic. And I believe that you should serve them for several months before you even think about pitching or selling anything to them. Now, don't worry, this is not an episode about growing an email list. We have a ton of those. But if you're needing guidance in this area, then it's time for you to really look into this a little bit deeper. When I look at the people who launch successful courses versus those who don't, what it comes down to at the end of the day is that if they had a group of engaged people who already trusted them and had been served by them and are ready to buy their product, they're going to see success. Don't make the mistake of waiting until you have something ready to sell to start marketing or sharing your message with your target audience. This is something you can start today with a long-term goal of creating a course. And I promise I'll get off that soapbox right now. But if you need help, go to jkemaillist.com for everything you need to know on this topic. At my mastermind this year, one of the girls that was in it, I've known her for about seven years. She knew me at the very beginning of my business. And she said that when you went to start selling your courses, it made total sense because you had been serving people for free for years before you ever charged a penny. And so I really want you to come at this from a place of service and not just selling. And you want to make sure that you're serving out good free content and getting people's buy-in so that they trust you before you ever go to pitch something for them. So let's talk about how to pick the right topic. Now, I want for you to start by getting really clear on what exactly your offer is going to be. Before you start brainstorming names for your course, let's cover exactly what I mean by offer and how to get the right information to help you with this. It is so important when you're figuring out what to create that you tune into the needs of the people that you want to be serving. We talk about this all the time on the show, but it's really not about you. It's not. It's about them. A lot of times we as creators think we know what people need the most but we can often miss the mark if we don't take the time to research and understand our audience's greatest needs. What are their pain points? What do they struggle with? What keeps them up at night? What do you get asked about the most? What current content performs the best for you? I covered this in depth in a previous episode, episode number 217. So tune in there for all the tips you need to know on how to figure out how to create the perfect offer for your audience. Now, let me tell you, at times, we are proud people. And what you think that people need from you is not exactly what they actually want. And if this is a case, you can either change up your offering to be aligned with what your audience is looking for from you. Or you can spend the time educating them and leading them down a path so that when it comes time to sell your course, they are primed and educated and ready. So let me share two examples because I've done both ends of the spectrum on this. 
So first, I created an Instagram program, and I knew that my audience wanted to know and learn about Instagram, and I had this whole system, this step-by-step way of doing things that I wanted to pass on to others, and so creating my Instagram course was a total no-brainer. Like, I knew it was going to be a hit. I knew it would resonate. I knew it would help others, and so I created it knowing that I had an audience that was going to be ready to purchase. Now, on the other end, after a few years of course creation, I started to get a little more daring with my offers. Now, I know and I've seen firsthand how important growing an email list is. And for me, I truly do believe it is the number one way to move the needle in a business. But I also knew that it would take a lot of work and educating on my part to get my audience to understand this and to buy in. Like, No one was talking about email lists. They weren't shiny. I knew people cared more about things like Instagram followers, but I was willing to create a course that I knew would not be a bestseller right off the bat because I believed in the content and the outcome so much. Like the first time we put it out into the world, I was like, hey, if five people buy it, I'm going to be really thankful because these people, their lives are going to be changed. And it took an entire year of me continuing to talk about the importance of growing your email list for us to have a super successful launch. But I believed in this product so much and I knew that people needed it. And it was my job to educate people on the why. And so I took a risk and it paid off. Now, another thing that's important when picking your topic is you want to make sure that you love it and you're passionate about it. Like this is going to be something that you're going to have to talk about endlessly until you're blue in the face and you've exhausted all topics. And so you want to make sure that you're ready to have some fun in the process and be really passionate about it. This passion is going to shine through when it comes to the sales process And you'll want to have a bunch of stories and examples and life experiences to reflect back on what it is you're promoting and why you're teaching your course. While you might not be passionate about the exact topic, you may be passionate about the end result or what people are going to gain from learning it. It's safe to say, like, I'm not crazy passionate about Instagram or email list building in itself, but I see the results that those two things get me, and that totally fires me up. Like, it lights a fire within me. And so you want to make sure that you are excited and passionate about either the product itself, the system, or the results that you're getting people. Finally, you want to make sure that there is going to be demand. Now, I'm going to bet that some of you have had the thought of seeing someone else teaching on a topic that you're considering, and suddenly you feel totally derailed. It goes something like this. Well, great. Well, now I can't do that because so-and-so beat me to it. But here's the good news. That's simply not true abundance, people, abundance. Like we live in this scarcity mindset and we have to stop. The fact that someone else is teaching on the topic already likely means that there is a demand for it. And you might have what you think is the greatest idea, but if there's not any demand, it's probably not going to sell. And so if someone else is successful teaching on a topic that you really want to teach on, that is a great place to start in terms of determining if there is a true market demand for it. I also want to say that you have to, 
You have to put your own spin on things based on your unique circumstance, your experience, your system, your outcomes, your stories. You are totally different than everyone else. And as long as you are not sitting there and copying someone else's idea page by page, module by module, then you are worthy of teaching on something you care about. You're also going to have a different teaching style that some people will be more drawn to than your competitors. You don't need to attract every single person wanting to learn about this topic. You just want the right audience that is a good fit for you. Guys, I have super close friends with courses on exactly what I teach. Like we are direct competitors and I've been in a mastermind where there are several of us teaching on the same exact topics. Like there is room for all of us at the table. We're all doing just fine. Let me tell you. And we don't even feel like we're competing with one another. And so you have to let the fact that other products exist challenge you to make yours one of a kind. I was recently with my friend, Amy Porterfield, and we both have email list building courses. And I laughed at her because I was like, I have never once felt bitter or weird about that. And she's like, I haven't either. And we just have such different teaching styles. We have different ways of approaching the same topic. And I love the challenge of creating a course that is totally different than the other ones out there. Like for me, that challenge lights me up because it's like, hey, I don't want to create a replica of her course. I want mine to be so different that people can't even compare them. And so I want to encourage you to not get discouraged by others that are already covering a topic that you'd like to explore creating. Instead, ask yourself a few questions. Are people in your industry talking about this topic? Is it relevant? Is it something you get asked about often and you find that the responses come easy for you? Would someone who is a few steps behind you benefit from this knowledge? Do you get a lot of questions about what you know from your audience? Are you knowledgeable in a specific area? Is there a gap in the market either from a topic standpoint or looking at things from a different angle or a new teaching style or perspective? These answers are going to help you in determining if it's a good choice for you. Now that we've covered why it's important and how to choose what you'll be teaching, I want to dive into the actual steps and logistics of creating a course. So the first question you might have is, where do I host my content? How do I choose a platform? So let's cover some options and considerations to help you make this decision and move on because I don't want for you to get stuck on this. I remember when I first thought about creating a course, this is what held me back. Like seriously, how silly is that? I mean, it was a few years ago and things weren't as searchable and Google wasn't as helpful, but still like Jenna, be resourceful. You can figure this out. Now, there are several options, and to be honest, this is not going to make or break the success of your program. I want for you to be focused on the next step. So let's cover some of the options. I'll share what works best for me. Then you can make the decision that works best for you and not second guess or overthink it. So here is what I use. I use a program called Kajabi. 
I love Kajabi. I've used it since day one. Now it is super simple. It's a way that you can build out your course content. You can choose from design themes to make it fit your brand and look professional. You can collect payments through it. You can build lead pages on it. You can have your webinars on it. There is so many features and it really helps you put everything together. Like they are a platform that excels at online teaching. There are also additional features like email marketing, automation, quizzes, and surveys. So if you're looking for a more all-in-one platform, this is a huge and great option for you. We only use the course hosting functionality at this point, but if you're just starting out and looking to check off more pieces of the puzzle when it comes to online education, this can be a one-stop shop. It could be a great choice for you. And I actually reached out to them and I got you guys a free 28-day trial for Kajabi. So if you want to take a look at that, head to jennacutcherblog.com slash course. And this is going to help you to get things started. Again, I've used Kajabi since day one. I've never used any other program and they just make it so easy for me to host my courses and for them to be beautiful and branded and easy for my clients to go through. So again, I got you a free 28 day trial to Kajabi. If you head to the blog, jennacutcherblog.com slash course, we have a link for you to take advantage of that. And I've used them for four years. I can't imagine switching to a different platform. I love them. Now, other options include Skillshare. You might have even heard about them on this podcast. They have been an amazing sponsor to this show. I sincerely love them. And I think this could be a great option if you're starting out and you want some help with creating and marketing your first course on an already established platform. And if you're looking to take classes, you can also use my code. You get a gold digger deal of two months of Skillshare for 99 cents. If you head to Skillshare.com slash gold digger, and you can actually get access to their classes there and get unlimited access. So you can kind of check out how do other people put courses together? What does this look like? How much goes into it? What format should I do? So you can do some really good market research. There are a few other options that I know people who host courses should look into. Teachable is a great one. You can use a simple WordPress site and have password protected pages. Udemy is one and CourseCats. Those are all different platforms you can use. So now that you know the topic and you know where you're going to host it, I vote Kajabi, it is time to build out the content. (laughs) Guys, I remember the first time I called my mom. And I told her, I'm going to teach a course. And she laughed at me. Like, actually, she laughed at me, like not in a mean way, but she laughed at me because here she was. She had been teaching college students for 30 years. And suddenly her 24 year old daughter rushed out of college, thought she was going to know how to build out a curriculum. And I remember my mom just asking me, like, do you know what you're doing? Like, do you know how to set this up? Like making a curriculum is really hard and it felt daunting, but I learned a secret that I'm about to share with you. And this changed everything for me. I teach this to my mastermind girls because it's so important. 
Gold Digger is proud to be sponsored by the March of Dimes. March of Dimes leads the fight for the health of all moms and babies. They support research, lead programs, and provide education and advocacy so that every baby can have the best possible start. Birth defects affect one in every 33 babies born in the United States each year and are a major cause of infant death and lifelong disability. Not all birth defects can be prevented, but a healthy and strong baby starts with a healthy mom. March of Dimes has so many resources and tips to give your sweet baby a strong start. March of Dimes recommends you see your doctor for a pre-pregnancy checkup. Take a folic acid supplement and eat more foods with folate, like leafy greens and black beans to support your baby's brain and spine. March of Dimes and the CDC recommend that you don't smoke or drink during pregnancy as these chemicals can reach the baby's bloodstream. For the all five best for you, best for baby tips, visit marchofdimes.com slash gold digger. So the next thing I want you to do before you even think about writing down one module or an outline for your course is to begin with the end in mind. I want for you to create with the end result front of mind. So at the top of any fresh new brainstorming document for either a course or an existing course that we have, we have these two words. It says end result. Now, this isn't the end result I want for me or my business, but the one that I want to see for my students. What is their end result going to be? What is that promise that I'm giving them? It is so important for you to be laser focused on exactly what you want your students to accomplish or to learn specifically. Are they going to make more money? Are they going to lose weight? Are they going to save time? What results are your competitors promoting and how are you doing things differently that you can zero in on? Maybe you've seen other programs and they're too complicated or they specialize for a different industry or they don't cover a unique perspective than you do. I want for you to find your lane, stay in it, within a similar topic. So I'll give you an example. This is literally off of our document. Here is the one for my course, the Instagram Lab. My end result is this. Have a full Instagram strategy that will connect the user with more followers and drive more engagement on every post so that they can post with confidence and find the joy in strategizing their authentic content, leading them to more clients and bigger profits. That's my promise, okay? That is what I want every single person who finishes the Instagram lab to end with. Let me read that one more time. The end result of the Instagram lab is to have a full Instagram strategy that will connect the user with more followers and drive more engagement on every post so that they can post with confidence and find the joy in strategizing their authentic content that will lead to the conversion of followers into bigger profits. That sounds pretty great, right? And if I can create with that vision in mind, if I can lay this whole thing out, knowing that that is the end result that I want every single person to get, it absolutely simplifies the process. So once I've done that, then I want for you to outline the pain points that you have identified. I think about pain points way before I think about creating modules. What do your students need to know? What are they struggling with? What are their biggest objections? What questions do they have? So here's my example, again, from the Instagram lab. Pain points of students. They're sick of slow growth. They're starting from zero. They have no idea what to post. They're getting zero engagement. 
They're not converting anything into true sales. They're attracting the wrong people. They're frustrated with the follow unfollow. They believe that they have to pay to play. I just kept making this list of things that people were so annoyed with and struggling with. And this list wasn't random. Like I asked my followers, like, what are you most frustrated about when it comes to Instagram? I pay attention to the language you're using, to that frustration. I feel it. And it helps me to create content that really hits those pain points and says, here's your solution. So I want for you to think about this before you think about modules and what your course is going to include in the templates and all the bells and whistles. I want for you to think about what is the end result and what are your clients currently struggling with? Because those are going to help you to really create a curriculum that leads them and has them finish at that finishing point that you desire for them. Now, next, I want for you to keep these two things front and center while you outline the course. Refer back to them as often as you need to and really get down to the basics of if the content you are planning solves what you have outlined. My biggest piece of advice is this. Keep it simple. Once you have created an outline, and I want for you to just think of what steps do people need to take to get that desired end result, I want for you to consider a few things when creating the content of your course. Do not, I repeat, do not overcomplicate things. I want for you to remember that you know a heck of a lot more about your topic than anyone who will be purchasing your course does. Take a step back, walk through the steps at a beginner's level. Like I'm talking like a third grade level and resist the urge to throw in every little thing, including the kitchen sink. Sometimes new course content creators feel the need to justify the price of their course So they throw in this bonus or that group call or should be for sales as a separate product and not included in this course, but I'm throwing it in because I'm a little insecure about what I'm charging. Has anyone seen anything like this? But here is what I have learned. It is far more valuable to create a course that is no fluff, not overwhelming, and that people will actually be able to get through and get results. Guys, We don't want to add in everything in the kitchen sink. You want to create something that people actually finish and get results from. It is absolutely crazy the number of people who purchase courses and never make it all the way through them. I've seen this for years and this is something you should care about because guess what? If they don't make it through your course and they don't see results, they're never going to buy from you again. I remember when I had this realization, there's some crazy statistic, and I I don't know exactly what the number is, but it's like 3% of people that purchase an online course actually finish it. Like it was astonishing. And I remember thinking, I am going to make every single course finishable. Like my Instagram course, my Pinterest course, you can take those in a day. I wanted to make them as easy. I wanted to remove the fluff. I wanted it to be steps one, two, three, four, five, done. Because if people aren't getting results quickly, they're never going to buy from me again. And so we take this super seriously in my business. We follow up with students who haven't completed. We want to give people accountability. We also look at common drop-off areas where people aren't completing the material. Is it because it's not necessary or because we've complicated it too much? Keeping things simple does not mean that it is not valuable. So be sure to keep this in mind as you focus on creating your curriculum and your content. 
Now, it can be tempting to feel like you just have one shot at all this. Like you believe that once you create this, it is set in stone, that it has to be absolutely perfect before you can put it out into the world and release it. That maybe you have to read 10 books or write 100 blog posts or have 10 years of experience before you are ready to create your course. But here's the thing. This is only your first attempt. All of my courses have been through rounds of revisions, not only throughout the year as updates are needed, but we have 100% started from scratch to recreate them. They just get better with time and with feedback from students. We look at where people are getting stuck, what common questions they're having, where people are falling off and not completing the course. And I love to go back through the material with actual data and back up our changes and give them away to our students for free. So I don't want you to go into this thinking you got one shot. I want for you to create something and know that it's not permanent and that you will be able to tweak it and make it better as you go. We are constantly looking at how we can add a module or combine something or add a new template or make sure that we're helping our students through the harder parts of it. And so I love recreating new things or, you know, as apps change, we're adding new modules into things like I am on top of this. I want my courses to be the best like the uncontested best courses online. And I'm willing to sit down and to rewrite things and to start from scratch if that's what it takes in order to give my students the best experience. That's exactly what I've done and will continue to do. So once you figure out and realize, hey, I've got one go at this and then I can change it and edit it and make it better or, you know, totally start from scratch again, you need to figure out what format you will present your content in. Now, I want for you to consider the format and how your students are going to want to learn from you. Knowing that there are many different learning styles, I try to accommodate my students as much as possible. So I offer video slides. I offer just straight up audio MP3. And I also offer transcriptions of my modules. It wasn't always this way, and maybe you're more comfortable with a certain medium over another. So don't get hung up feeling like you need to offer everything. You guys, my first course, it's so funny. It doesn't exist anymore, praise the maker. But I remember the first course I ever created was called the Jenna Kutcher course. And I sat in bed and just recorded with this little handheld microphone. It was literally just an audio course. I didn't know how to make slides. I didn't know how to record my screen. I didn't know anything. And so it was literally just an audio course. It's kind of like this podcast, but I didn't even know what a podcast was at the time. So don't think that you have to have this giant production value. I record my courses in my PJs. All you can see is my screen. You don't need to see my bedhead to know that I'm a real person. And so I choose to go less production value, focus more on the content, but you can also do video where you are sitting in front of a video. For me personally, I just know that I can't watch and sit and like stare at somebody talking. I need to like see things and be interactive. So I kind of like to teach in the way that I love to receive education. So ask your audience their preferences. You can try different things out. Look at how people are currently consuming your content. Do they love to read your blog or do you have a podcast and that's where most of your visitors come from? I want for you to think about how you've enjoyed courses in the past and create what you think will work well for your unique business. 
You can also consider how you'll offer support within your course. Are you going to have a Facebook group? Is there an opportunity to ask questions directly within the course content? Will you make your email address available if people get stuck? Are you going to do one-on-one or group coaching calls? Again, I want to like encourage you, don't feel like you need to throw everything in here, but rather pick the things that you think will best set up your clients for success and that will work with your desired lifestyle and your business specifically. Again, I've seen so many people overpromise and underdeliver, and we want to flip the script and underpromise overdeliver when it comes to that. So, let's say you've created your content. Now you're probably thinking, okay, so what's next? Once you've got your drafted course, my advice is to ask for beta testers. This is a huge way to make sure your content is solid, it makes sense, and that there aren't any holes or gaps in your information. It's also a really great way to gain testimonials that you can use when you go to sell your course. So you can use testimonials on your sales page or if you do a webinar or in your emails before you have any actual students that you're launching to. To get the best results, find beta testers that are familiar with you and your brand that maybe you've worked with in the past. And I love to take this part really seriously and give them a deadline. Like I say, hey, do you want this program for free? I will give it to you for free, but you have to in turn give me feedback. And if you love it, a testimonial within X amount of days. And I do this every time we create a new program because I want to get actual feedback. I want my course to be the best and I want to make sure that I'm giving it to people that I trust to give me that feedback. So maybe you're wondering, okay, so we've gotten through all these things, but how the heck do I price and position my course? And this can be a scary topic. I mean, this could be an entire episode in itself. And so I want to break it down so that you are confident in your pricing strategy for your course. Now, my first tip is that studies show that more people buy more products that end with a number seven. Talk about weird psychology, right? So my course pricing is $197, $247, $497, and $997. So as weird as it seems, trust me that this is an easy way to increase sales. So if you trust me on anything, just make a seven be the last number. But here's what I want you to make sure of. I want for you to be towards the top of pricing in your industry. This can help establish you as a leader. It can challenge you to create content that really provides results. It can paint you as an expert and people will often assign quality to higher price things and question lower ones. I always say that those who pay, pay attention. The more that I've charged for courses, the more people are successful. I know that's crazy to talk about, but when people have true stake in the game, they are going to make sure that what they just bought was worth every penny. Like I will not play them as a fool. And so I want for you to be confident in your offering. And let me tell you this, it is going to be the same amount of work. You want to be working with the best of the best in your industry. You want the people that are the go-getters that can figure things out and tackle their biggest questions, not the people who are just looking for a deal or looking for anyone out there to teach them on something. You want action takers, people who are going to take their investment seriously and who are going to put in the work so that they see the results. Now, when you look at pricing for your courses, a lot of times we started out at lower prices and then we've moved up after we've seen the results we've gotten people. 
It might be weird for you to start at a 997 program when you've never mentored in your life. So maybe you need to start at a lower price point. But I want for you to think again about what that end result looks like. I know that if I can teach somebody to book one client from Instagram, just one client, they'll likely be able to pay off the entire course. So I'm giving them tools to book one client over and over and over and over again. So I have zero problems charging $247. Now, you can create things like payment plans to make things more affordable for people to break it down. But you want to make sure that you are looking at what is that end result and how can I price this in a way that is competitive, but that helps people to pay attention to what it is they're buying. There is no one-stop shopper and one answer for you, but you got to put out the feelers and know that, again, you can change this thing with time. So I have to tell you a story about my first course launch. (laughs) I was coached to expect to work 16-hour days. Like this was after I had put out one little course by myself. I hired this mentor And she was telling me about launching and she made launching seem like World War III. Like it was terrifying. She made me think like disasters are going to happen. And basically I need to hunker down in a dark bunker and not return for a few weeks. Now these are lies. Like people make launching so scary and there is a better way. Today for me, launching looks like sending my team to the spa during a launch to thank them for serving my business so well. It looks like hosting a mastermind retreat during the day that my cart closes because we have systems down to a science. It looks like texts from my team saying, I am so excited it's launch week because it's an opportunity to get what we've created out into the world and to serve people in a way that we know is going to make a huge difference in their businesses. I'm not trying to brag here, but rather paint a picture that is different than what many others are doing in the industry. Because you can prepare and lay the foundation so that when you are done with the work that we've talked about in this podcast, and when you have something great to put out into the world, you can confidently and seamlessly do it without a lot of stress. Now we have a system, but I didn't always have systems. Guys, my first launch ever before I ever hired a mentor or knew how to actually do any of this just looked like me sending out an email to my list of a few hundred people and saying, hey, I'm teaching this course and you have 48 hours to sign up. I hope you sign up. Now launching looks totally different. And I did an episode about 10 ways to create hype around a launch. So if you're wondering what our launch looks like, how to plan it, or how to build up the anticipation for your audience, head back to episode number 193. All right. So lastly, let's talk about this. If you're having a gut check about selling or maybe you have money mindset issues, let's talk about it. Now, this episode isn't about how to launch or sell your course, but I want to cover some common selling issues that I see with people before I leave you. I hope that you're feeling inspired about what creating a course could do for your life and your business. I want for you to go and write down some goals as soon as you get a chance when the show is over. And then I want for you to keep those promises to yourself and to work hard. I think one of the biggest gaps that people have when it comes to selling a course is that you focus so much on what you're taking from someone, aka their money, instead of focusing on what you're giving to someone. It took me a long time to wrap my head around this, but I think this is probably one of the most important things I've learned. 
I remember just feeling bad that I was charging $4.97 for a program. And I remember one of my mentors saying, Jenna, you've got to stop doing this. I'm like, doing what? And they're like, what would somebody's life look like if they didn't buy this course? And I sat and I thought about it for a little bit and I said, they're going to be frustrated and they're going to have these brilliant ideas, but they're not going to be able to get them out into the world. And they're not going to grow an audience that they own. They're going to rely on social media and they're going to bang their head against it every time a new change happens. And they're going to pursue things that are going to fall flat because they haven't figured out how to serve. And they might give up on their dreams because it's taking too long or they're not seeing the results they wanted or they don't have enough time. And I started to think about that. I started to visualize people's lives if they didn't take the course. They could be struggling financially. They could be struggling in relationships. They could be struggling wondering if they really can pursue their bigger dreams. And I started to focus on not what I was taking when it came to money, but what I was giving people. I was giving them freedom. I was giving them a system that took me years to figure out. I was giving them a step-by-step process that they could follow and get results from for years to come. And when I totally shifted the way that I was thinking about that, it really changed the way that I could show up and sell. I can unapologetically sell because I know that my programs get people results. I don't have to apologize for what I'm taking from you. I want you to see what I'm giving to you. And it's my job to cast that vision and to paint that picture. These types of projects are the ones that often fall by the wayside because they are not urgent to us. They are not the things screaming for our attention, but they are the things that matter and that will make the biggest impact, not just on your business, but on other people's lives. Now, I want for you to respect this work and be proud of what you create. Then I want for you to get out there and be bold and talking about it and promoting it because this is the work that matters and that is going to impact people's lives. So maybe all of this just sounds too overwhelming or you're not ready for it quite yet in your business. And that's okay. I want to give you permission to just not be ready yet, but I'd still love for you to start somewhere. Maybe you can create an ebook or start an online shop, or start consulting services to really build out your material and to hear from your ideal clients. If you've made it this far in the show today, I'm guessing even if you're not ready, this is still something that intrigues you, that might be on your heart or a dream that you'd like to see realized. So I want to encourage you, do some of the back-end work now. Move towards that goal, even if it's in baby steps. I've got a podcast for you all about passive income by creating ebooks with my friend Kelly McNeilis in episode number 214. And I also share about how I created an online shop that made over $218,000 in one year. And that's episode 191. So if this course business is just not for you yet, there are still ways that you can see these results that I'm talking about in today's show without diving into a curriculum. Okay. So there you guys have it. These are my best tips for creating an online course and for setting yourself up for success so that you can have a passive income stream for your business and you can impact more lives with the things that you know and love. It has been the number one way I've driven profits in my business 
the way that I serve my community, and have found freedom in terms of time outside of my business. Again, head back to the show notes at jennacutcherblog.com slash course. You can get a list of different episodes that can help you with this process. I also have that link for Kajabi. And if you're curious about these courses that I'm talking about, head to jennacutcher.com, go into the main menu, check out the business side. You can see all of my courses, check out my offers. I truly believe in creating the best courses out there. And sometimes just taking a course can help inspire you to create your own. When you can see how it's laid out or what it looks like or how it's hosted, sometimes that's all you need in order to do that. So if you just want to do a little market research, head on over jennacutcher.com. In my main menu, we have a thing titled courses. Click on that and you can just kind of check out what I love to do and how I show up in the world when it comes to being an educator. Until next time, gold diggers, Keep on digging your biggest goals. And hey, if you know someone that could benefit from this episode, would you share it with them? The more the merrier over here in Jenna Kutcher land. I will talk to you guys super soon and I cannot wait to see what you are getting ready to teach the world. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.